0: Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. May we pray. God of glory, the end of our searching, help us to lay aside all that prevents us from seeking your kingdom and to give all that we have to gain the pearl beyond all price through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, good morning. You may be seated. Our gospel for the next two weeks focuses on a remarkable rich conversation between Jesus and Peter, which took place at the, in the area of Caesarea Philippi. This was a Roman city located at the southwest base of Mount Hermon. Jesus asked his disciples the question in verse 13, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's asking for a popular opinion poll and he gets some very interesting comments. And this is what they say in verse 14. Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. In other words, he gets a range of responses from his disciples. Now, if we were to give that same um, opinion poll and we were asked to people today who do people say that Jesus is we would get some very interesting responses and I uh, would assume that not all of them would be as positive as we find in our text this morning. In verse 15, Jesus asks a more direct question: "But who do you say that I am?" And then Simon says in verse 16, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Now, before I go any further, I want to just uh, you know focus on this very important question that Jesus asked this morning that we all must face. We all must deal with this question. Not so much what people say who Jesus says, but Who do we say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do I say that Jesus is? Now, Simon nailed it. So in the wake of that confession, Jesus says something extraordinary in verses 17 and 18. And he says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So Simon Peter sees that Jesus is not a figure in which we can be neutral and indifferent. Why? Because if Jesus is who he says he is, then we must give him our entire lives. So if Jesus is just one good teacher among many, then we can read and consider what he says, put him on a shelf, read and consider other people, leaders, thinkers, gurus, and then make our best decisions on what all these good thinkers are saying. And we can pick and we could choose what we would like. Well, that sounds like pluralism and syncretism, and that's far from Christianity. But Simon Peter gets it. He knows that there is an all-or-nothing quality about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He didn't get this insight from his own smarts, nor by pulling the people. Jesus says in verse 17, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but, by my, but my Father who is in heaven. So God revealed to Peter his plan of salvation in Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. Now, I'd like to reflect on this mysterious phenomenon called the church, this community that Jesus establishes. Now, the word used in the Greek here is ekklesia, and our that's where we get our words um, ecclesiastical and ecclesial. So what ekklesia means is that those who have been called out from. ecclesia comes from ek and kaleo. So ek is from, and kaleo is to call. So the ecclesia, the church, is that community that has been called out from. So there are three things that we can derive from this. Firstly, there has to be a caller, someone who is calling. And secondly, there has to be something out of which people are called. And then thirdly, there has to be something new into which they are called. So to understand these things is to understand the foundations the essence of the church that Jesus establishes. So first, there's a caller. So the called of the ecclesia is Jesus Christ himself. So he is the one who calls people. The church is not a philosophical society. We are not just a group of people who reflect on things in common. We are a community who have been called by a person. We have been summoned, personally addressed by Christ, and called into fellowship and friendship with and obedience to Jesus Christ. So the church is not really an organization that we join. It's not a club in which we decide to participate. I know this goes against our American sensibilities, We like to join organizations, clubs, and groups, but that is not what the church is. Just as we talked about last week, Jesus is the one who chooses. He called his 12 disciples. He called Simon Peter to this particular work. And those who have been called by Jesus Christ, those who have received the mark of baptism, are like cattle who have been branded, like a rancher who claims his cattle by branding them and saying that these are mine. They belong to me. So baptism is not our act in joining the church, but it's Christ's act of branding us as a member of his body. So we don't join his club. Christ calls and joins us to his ecclesia. So Christ is the one who does the calling. Christ is the one who does the branding. Second, there has to be something, some way of life and being in which the ecclesia has been called out from. The Bible calls it the ways of the world, standing for all those things that are opposed to God's intention, hate, division, violence, sin, darkness, to only name a few. So we've been called out from the world's way of thinking, being, choosing, and seeing. You know, Israel is to be different than all the other nations. This is so important to understand. We talked about that last week. Um, All we have to do is look at Leviticus and Deuteronomy to see the laws and regulations that define the people of God. So what is the point of that? The point is to define Israel as something else called out from the rest of the world to be the people of God, to be holy, separate, set apart, something different, and given yet distinctive laws and a covenant, something to clarify expectations and a way of living different from the rest of the nations. And Jerusalem had walls around it and Nehemiah was very interested in rebuilding the wall when it was knocked down in order for Israel to be a people called out from the rest of the world. So this goes against the grain. For the most part, the world in which we live today is based on tolerance and acceptance. Perhaps these are even supreme values in the world today. However, Christians, the ecclesia, have been called out from something we can't be tolerant and accepting of every viewpoint we can't just say in the name of progress all is fine like redefining marriage killing of babies by abortion and the elderly with euthanasia murdering others with guns knives and other weapons accepting all practices of sexuality to only name a very few And in much of the world, if we disagree with the cultural narrative, we're labeled as a hater. We're labeled as an oppressor. We're labeled as a bigot. But the church is distinctive. Do we look different than those around us? We better look different if we are members of the ecclesia and we have been branded by Christ through baptism. We better have a different way of thinking and choosing and seeing and acting. So if people came after us to hold us to account, would there be enough evidence to convict us for being true Christians who live and follow King Jesus and live under the will and the ways of that kingdom? Something to think about. To be with Christ is to know that we are not, to know know what we are not, to know what we have left behind. So if being a Christian does not set us in opposition to anything, then we might want to consider, if we really are a Christian, a member of the church, the ecclesia. Now, here is a later symbol in the Middle Ages, the big Gothic cathedrals face to the rising sun. And what we have a tendency to call the back is actually the front, where the altar is, and it is facing the east, symbolizing the fact that the church looks to Christ, and the return of Christ who will come in the east. And in case you were wondering, all saints' sanctuary, when in the nave facing the altar, we are facing east. And same thing here in the parish hall. When facing the altar and here, we are facing east. And then on the other side of the church, what we call the front, which is really the back, the facade, it faced down the setting sun. It symbolizes the church's stand against the darkness, the world, and sin. And these large cathedrals have these amazing, intimidating facades facing down at the darkness, the west. They're standing resolutely against something. Well, that is the church. This is what it means to be part of Christ's life. So what are church people called out of? Well, we've already talked about that a little bit, but the Bible terms it the world. Not the world of God's good creation, but the whole way of life predicated upon selfishness, materialism, individualism, and I could keep going on and on. What St. Augustine calls the earthly city. The world is marked by worldliness. The church is called out of it and it stands against worldliness. Now third, if we have been called out from the world's ways like sin, darkness, and division, we have also been called into something new. A new community, a new way of life, a new way of thinking, a new way of acting. What Saint Augustine calls the heavenly city, the city of God. So what is it? the place where love and peace and nonviolence and compassion forgiveness and works of mercy and biblical justice and righteousness takes place preferring others only to name a few so this is the life of christians the church the ecclesia where god rules and reigns and where his will and ways are being followed now in the early church people in the world were struck by how different Christians were, how they loved one another. Now, a question for us to ponder on this morning is, when Belmont Heights looks at us, is that what they see? How about Long Beach? Do they see something different, the quality of our love? We should stand out and look different. People should notice that we think and move and organize ourselves distinctively around our King, our Lord, our Savior. Modern society privatizes religion, and this is completely biblically wrong. Making Christianity private, this goes against the entire biblical narrative, from the table of contents to maps. And if we don't show up in society and we don't have any public profile, we really haven't been called out of anything. If the world doesn't notice Christians, church people, and we just blend in and we don't think, move, and act differently, we are forfeiting who we are and we're acting like we have not been branded by Christ in baptism. The church, the ecclesia, is always on the move. We have that identity because of something um, else Jesus says to Peter, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We are not meant to be living in a Christian ghetto. We're meant to announce, demonstrate, and embody the gospel of the kingdom to all nations. To call and invite them into the community of the Messiah, the church. All saints, I encourage you to fight with everything we have against against a hunker-down ghetto existence. We are on the move doing only what we see the Father doing against all forms of racism, against hate, against violence and murder, against division, against oppression. And I can keep going on and on. And you know what? I think we are better at pointing those things out in others, but we should first deal with them in our own hearts. The church is a distinctive way of living in the world, but not as the world. Paul talks about the church being a body with many members and gifts and expressions. We think, we move, and we act in Christ. This new way of being should invade all of our lives. If church means one hour each Sunday, we have not been drawn into this new life and way of being because church is more than attending and worshiping together, though it is vital and it certainly includes that. If our imaginations and bodies and our private lives and our business lives, our taxes, our sexuality, our talk, our thinking have not been invaded by Jesus Christ, the Messiah, something is terribly wrong. It might be that we are rebelling against God for our sinful way of living or we have not been discipled to understand this new king and his kingdom ways. Or it might be that we are very religious but we've not surrendered to the calling of Christ and we are not yet his child. Jesus says to Simon Peter that he will build his church upon the rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is a loving embodied expression and a demonstration that speaks clearly about truth, but which does it by listening, loving, inviting, and standing firm. We stand against the gates of hell without compromise do we think the sinful and darkened world that is run by the enemy will just sit back and leave us alone do we honestly think that the majority of our leaders embrace the historic orthodox church meaning a church who keeps to right belief its biblical and historic faith the faith that has been passed down from jesus and the apostles and the early church The faith as it is truly and rightly expressed in the entire biblical narrative? Do we really think the world warmly welcomes, loves, and embraces us? Jesus says the world is opposed to us. And we don't have to look hard to see it. No matter how bad it gets, no matter the power of sin, no matter how hard the gates of hell come against us, they will not prevail against the ecclesia the church who truly lives and follows King Jesus and his kingdom. Simon Peter was about the poorest choice that Jesus could have made for building this new community of faith. And that is probably why Jesus did just that and started with him, so that none of us would disqualify ourselves. For if Peter was fit to be the rock, the foundation, in which he would build his church. Certainly, there is a place where we can fit too. Let us take a few moments to reflect on this before we stand and affirm our faith by saying the creed this morning. Please hear this. We are members of the Ecclesia. We're called by Christ the Messiah into a new way of life.